0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new show. It's the Love Chronicles. Um, you are here with Karina, and we've got Denise. Hi. Uh-huh. Hey. Okay. <laughs> and also, we've got a lovely special guest. She is a single mother, lawyer, and a Women's Equality Party activist. Oh. Give it up for Karina Holmes. You, it sounds like you're talking hey, about yourself, another Karina
1: it's weird isn't it <laughs> Karina and
0: Karina it's weird way too a lot of Karina's on this call right um, right so thank you so much for joining us um yeah I'm gonna kick it off I thought it'd be awesome to have you in because on our show we do talk a lot about you know women empowerment and you know gender roles equality etc cetera, etc cetera. and how to be fair we are also on a learning journey so we don't know it all <laughs> and we're always happy to kind of hear of you right <laughs> so come on tell us a bit about yourself if you don't mind
2: Oh, okay. So, well, I guess you, you've you said it all. If, in my Instagram bio, if you want to put it down to words, um, yeah, I'm Karina. I'm a lawyer. I used to introduce myself up until the 6th of May as the Women's Equality Party candidate for the GLA elections, which is a bit of a mouthful um, because I dipped my toe into the water of politics for the first time. And I say dipped my toe because I actually did do a degree in politics, but then I I my favorite part of my degree was the feminist modules or the feminism modules and I didn't realize for some reason I didn't realize that feminism was politics until the women's equality party came along and then I was like oh yeah actually you can be a politician and also stand for feminism and um, so they yeah they convinced me to stand in what turned out to be one of the longest campaigns in history because I was selected really early on in the race um like in just July 2019 okay and then um we were supposed to be standing for election in the GLA which is the Great London Assembly last year and then obviously that those all local elections got postponed so I so I was sort of took a break and then um took a break in 2020 as if and then I came back in <laughs> 2021 and we were we campaigned for the election. So yeah it, it, it's it has been I feel like for the last two years I've been calling myself the GLA candidate for the Women's Equality Party and now I don't really know what to call myself.
0: <laughs> I'm, just, Please, you're you know, awesome. I'm, I'm also a mum. <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah that's a massive job that is a massive job. Um right so yeah you so obviously you did speak about the you know the equality party can I ask what actually called you to get into to get involved in that. I mean you already had, I'm guessing, your full time job as a lawyer, got, you know, got your son. Yeah. Um yeah. What what, yeah. what you to get into that? Well it was
2: those two things. So like I always say I've got two paid jobs. No, mm. I've got two jobs, one's unpaid. And the first the paid job is being a lawyer. Mm. Um and at the time I was a lawyer for um a American law firm in the city. And then I was also a parent. So I had my son um two he's five now and by the time the party was that came to be I think it was actually the party was born um the year I was pregnant so I didn't really wasn't really aware of it I was too busy focusing on (laughs) it and then I had Cuba my son in 2016 and then they at that time and then I went back to work a year later and at that time um they had um they were contesting the first great London assembly elections that they'd ever contested and I think somebody must have just put a leaflet through my my um my door and it had all of their policies on it and the same day I was trying to get my son when i got gone back to work I was trying to get my son back in onto a bus to um drop him off at nursery and I live on Brixton Hill and the bus is going down Brixton Hill are always like Packed at rush hour, yeah. so, and I I'd drop them at nursery, and then I would get on a tube, and I'd go to work, and it was just like, God, this is life. Like this is really difficult, mm. and it's just like the basic yeah. things to get yeah. to work. And then um, one of their policies was about bus, uh, more space on on buses for buggies, and that was like something <laughs> wow. I never thought of before. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, that would make my life so much easier. Totally. And when I mention it to like the you know predominantly white men at my work, they were like, well Why don't you just fold down the buggy? And I was like, oh, you've never done this before. You yeah. <laughs> think that that's an easy thing to do. Tell me about it. <laughs> Juggle the
1: baby, the bags, the buggy. It's
2: t- and the people. But <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <my. laughs> That's a simple solution because the people who made the prams were probably men. And the people who, and they're like, oh, but look, it folds down so easily because I can put it in my car on the one day that I have him on the Sunday to take him to the park um but yeah and it was just like all of the all of my feminist bugbears were colliding I was wearing heels yes, I was carrying yes. a handbag with a laptop in it and I was pushing a buggy and I and I was getting on a bus to take him to work to drop him at school to drop mm-hmm. him at nursery at the most annoying time because the nursery only opens like you know in that tiny little window between you having your stressful morning and getting to work yeah and I was like, one of these things work for me so yeah. what can we do and I'm like really impatient person like if you are if somebody's doing something slowly I'll literally rip out their hands and just like do it for them Boring, <laughs> <laughs> or like just making a mess of it I'm like oh my god I can't watch this so I so I read their and I was like yeah this needs to change I should yeah, be the one to change should. it oh, um well, brilliant and, and well it wasn't really like that it was more like Two years later, yeah, uh, I it's went to fine. a meeting and someone goes, "Why don't you stand?" And I was like, mm, "I don't know." It sounds like a lot of hard work. And then somebody like basically addressed my like ego and was like, "But you'd be really good." And I was like, "Okay, then
0: I would be good." <laughs> said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a fantastic story. And to be fair, it doesn't even matter about timelines, does it? Like, who cares when and where it, it happens happened? And that's yeah. the point. You you made it happen. Um, yeah. okay. That that's that's pretty much that's pretty much my my kind of massive question for you was pretty much like what caused you to get into it. And okay. now we know it was a bus situation. That it was totally literally makes it's like literally like with everything,
2: it's like your general day-to-day things. And the yeah. thing about politics that that annoys me is like, okay, so we're, sorry to get into politics, but, <laughs> but I right. feel like it's so unaccessible to me and my friends and the people that I hang out with because yeah. all people are talking about are things that I don't care about. Like, Absolutely. I mean, obviously I care about the economy and I know how it impacts me and I care about like, you know, the the threat of terrorism and I know how that impacts me and, and I care about the threat of Brexit because I know how that impacts me. But really, like mm-hmm. terrorism is a really big threat, but violence against women and girls is a huge threat. Like that is more likely to impact the people that I you know that I'm speaking to on a daily basis on a personal personal level yeah yeah, exactly I know people who've been harassed in the street I know people who have been you know um had sexual harassment at work I know people who've escaped domestic abusive relationships I know people who've escaped emotionally abusive relationships and these are things that politicians don't care about because they're all white males. So yeah.
0: they, yeah. I must admit, I, yeah, I don't, I don't often hear it being a headliner when campaigns. Ten, I think you had a question, didn't you?
1: Yeah, well, um, talking about, like, I guess, you've mentioned feminism and discrimination against women and girls. Mm. I've heard that you've spoken about, like, hair discrimination and you promote yeah. afro-textured and, like, curly hair. Did yeah. you always embrace your curls, and um, how does it affect life in a corporate world?
2: Yeah, convenient that you are talking to me about this on wash day. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I did because I, I, like I say, I'm a kind of a lazy and impatient in, person. Mm. When I was younger, I so I'm mixed race. So I realise people can't see me. Um, mm. and my mum learned how to do my hair from like she's white so she learned how to do my hair from like watching uh videos of like the Cosby show and things like that she would like pause it and then just like look at Rudy's hair and be like oh so if I did that like that and then wow. once I we went to Bob yeah I loved that, that that's really but this good, is yeah. the awesome. 80s 90s like you know they, they don't have YouTube and like, there's no YouTube yeah. tutorials <laughs> times. Yeah. yeah exactly. it was hard it was a tough time and we went to Barbados and she learned how to braid my hair from somebody who she just sat there watching and she did a lot of trial and error and then she started braiding it and then I think she just got a bit bored and then when I was like uh, in high school she was like she going just relax it and I really wanted to have like long flowy hair and I didn't really know anything about w- wigs and weaves or anything
1: yeah
2: so yeah. I, we went another time like because my dad's Barbados we were in Barbados and I we just chemically straightened it and then and I literally was like, and it was really long as well because I'd never really cut it or anything because it always just shrunk up. So it's literally down to here. And I thought, oh my god, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and I kept, kept, had my hair completely straightened for years until I started, even whilst I was a lawyer, uh, a trainee. And then um, as a and I and I felt like you know I had to to do be that way. I felt like I couldn't come to a job interview with curly hair. Okay. How weird is that? Yeah, <laughs> like the way it sense. grows up hair. Definitely really um, Yeah. And or like, you know what so I would always for every job in I'd make sure my hair was straight. And then I was like, when I got the job, like, you know what? It's almost like I was getting a red Like, I think I might like, just not strain it anymore.
1: And like they can't fire me.
2: Like these <laughs> yeah. things are going through my hair, doesn't that really? Yeah, I actually then, have
1: to think you know, about it. Like yeah, snap, it's terrible. <laughs>
2: So then I started like, I then I went natural, but I was still blow drying it and straightening it. And then I was like, like I say, I'm an impatient person. I was like, this is taking me forever. And all of my friends are out in the pub. Oh like, what God. am I doing? I'm wasting my Sunday every week, like straightening it and blow drying it and like, whatever. Running, running, running away from
0: moisture as well. Yeah. <laughs> <forget> <laughs>
2: so so then I I start I I think I was i I'd been a trainee for two years and then I qualified and then I thought right I'm gonna go to work with my hair curly see what happens and I did and nothing happened (laughs) (laughs) I I mean nothing happened that day right but then you know over the course of but at this stage I was a little bit more confident and Mm -hmm. once I felt like you know maybe I was maybe two years more qualified because so I was getting a few comments like a little joke here and there people thought they could be comfortable and like yeah. address banter with me and like one guy said like my the boss the head of the department said to me because we were having building works in them um, in the office um he was like oh is the building works annoying you and I was like no because oh I thought that's why you were you had your hair like that like as earmuffs like he's literally wow. the number character and I was like okay no just kind of grows up my head um wow. and then there was like <laughs> and then there was like one white guy who um started growing his hair long and he used to say things like he used to try and like talk to me as if we had the same problem because people were making comments about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'd like make Swiss watches and you're like, you're literally the most entitled person in the world. And you think that we have the same struggle. Like, let's, let's not go. It's there.
0: the same. It's totally the same. <laughs> wow.
2: That is what privilege looks like. A guy mm. that's able to grow his hair long in, in a corporate environment thinking that he's
0: oppressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is shocking. And oh, the man of so the man book. <laughs> okay actually well that's interesting this brings me on to my question as well then so obviously you, you've been a lawyer for how many years now would you say oh
2: god don't talk to me about
0: 12
2: years. <laughs> no not 12 years that's how long i've been in london so eight nine about 10 years i bet a decade let's just say that. okay that's
0: <laughs> a nice one so when you initially Two years training <laughs> all right um yeah. so when you initially qualified were there a lot of yeah. women who looked like you so you touched on obviously the hair thing i'm gonna assume there wasn't that many people that looked i don't male.
2: actually I was thinking about this the other day because we at work we were we're trying to do a a little bit of like diversity and inclusion I love my 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 current team is so diverse and yeah really inclusive my boss is like amazing um but when I first qualified and I worked in the city I don't I, and I at the time I didn't really think about it I was more concerned because I've always been a feminist it's only recently that I've been like addressing sort of my anti-racism and and I think part of that was because I'm like mixed race and I grew up in a really white town so and, and also because I'm northern I always felt different because I had this accent which okay. has slowly become a little bit more southern you can probably hear it Karina but I can't hear it anymore <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I, I was always really concerned about about the me being the only woman in the room and then I started to address like as I started to see more like young younger women who um were like either black or mixed race or basically black or mixed race coming up I was like actually I'm, I'm not seeing anyone above me like and I couldn't ta- I'd I never really, really I never really thought about it there was nobody at my level there was certainly nobody above me and then these younger um like lawyers were coming through and they were looking to me and I was like oh my god I'm the person I have to be that role model now and like and and it was really and I was like I don't think and it was kind of like a lot of pressure because I was like I don't think I've got it right like I don't know
0: I've just been winging it Mm. (laughs) yeah no I hear that yeah I think it's interesting because it's, it's definitely oh sorry honey, it's definitely that thing around um you never know who's watching you do you mm-hmm. it's that whole thing you never know who you, who like someone sees you as a role model and you're just doing your thing as normal yeah. and they're like actually yeah. I'm looking up to you majorly yeah. so you've just seen you probably inspired quite a lot of young women through the door behind you um yeah. but it's very interesting what you said about people not being above you so has that changed now has the kind of scenery no <laughs> no where, where, where are they if they weren't above me when I was when I joined like yeah. there's they're
2: they're not gonna right be above they me come now. like they just don't exist so we have to like you know there's I mean still work to be done there's so much work to be done and things like I mean I've my environment is different now because I work in-house so I'm the in-house lawyer at Ikea one of the in-house lawyers in Ikea okay. and at the at my I started my career in a law firm and law firms are a lot less diverse because of the structure of them so it's like a you know a partnership so yeah it's based based on a lot of it there's loads of different reasons why I mean racism is one of them <laughs> and yeah. sexism is the other but there's also the billing structure you have to your bit your your performance the performance culture is that like you build on how much time you actually spend in the office doing work yeah. rather yeah. than how efficient or effective you are and there's so many things that like we could do differently as a lawyer to make ourselves effective that doesn't just allow us to you know spend so much time doing something like
1: yeah
2: i'm all about you know being efficient and not doing all of the stuff that actually is a waste of time Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) right
1: and interesting yeah interesting that um karina mentioned that you'd be an inspiration to people coming up after you but tell us a bit about your journey into law, like how did you get there, did you always want to be a lawyer and who inspired you?
2: No, I didn't always want to be a lawyer and I, and I still don't even know if I do. Really? <laughs> I you
0: love, you? Yeah, I That's love
2: so my job, <laughs> I absolutely love my job and I find it like, I I, I don't, I, and now I don't find it too challenging, so like I feel as though like I enjoy what I do and I don't you know I'm not sitting when I was in the law firm I felt like it was a lot of the time I was just like this is quite dull and I'm not sure if uh, I'm enjoying this part of it now I love my job because I it's because I love Ikea (laughs) and I love like interiors and I really like I'm a shopper I work you're describing
1: me too (laughs) I think a lot of people
2: can relate. Yeah, so I can relate to the company, and when something comes along, like a, a legal problem, I know how it fits into the ultimate goal, which is bringing prices down for customers and bringing profits up. And you know, the whole value system of IKEA is better everyday life for the many people, which is equality, right?
0: Yeah,
2: so so yeah, I and so I feel as though that is like I like what I do, but my passion sits in equality and diversity but I don't think I would like to do that as a um as a job because I am too passionate about it and at times where they've crossed over like I've had to deal with some like a racism issue or a sexism issue in like what a case that I'm working on I find it so stressful and I get really emotionally involved okay And I don't know whether I want the pressure of my my mortgage or my my financial situation being reliant on something that is going to make me that stressed yeah rather just do my job at the end of the day log off and then if I want to dip my toe in the water of like politics which I have done I can do it for free and then jump out when it gets too much Mm. it's all
1: about like self-care and totally
2: and and I can't remember what the question was though
1: (laughs) it was how did you get into law yourself like who inspired you
2: my so I my, it was one of those things my dad said I should be a lawyer because I love arguing. Um <laughs> <so> <laughs> dad, dad, dad. Uh, yeah you know it was he would he would be like you know you'd be able to channel your energy into something that would actually make you money and turns out he was right because it as much as like I don't, it's not an easy job but it like the the skills that I have that I've that I've um gathered over the years of arguing with my dad. Have turned out to be quite profitable.
0: <laughs> well, we love, love to help. hear that. We love to hear that. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess for me then, you you t- you mentioned, of course, and you're very proud of, of it as well. Um, it being single parent, mm. um, to to your lovely boys. So you know now, you know, you are a single mother. How do you think that's shaped your beliefs, your values, your goals? Have they changed? You know, mm. um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear about that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly,
2: there's three things. So it's shaped, it hasn't shaped my beliefs or values or goals, but it's more strengthened them. Because I think I was, I've always been, like I said, I've always been a feminist. I've always really heard about equality for, like, race, equality and um, gender and sexuality and everything. But it has made it more, um, it's made all of those things more, um, what's the word, the immediacy of it is really obvious to me now. Like, I... I've already waged my way through this sexist, racist culture. I've figured it out. I've done things that I probably didn't want to have to do to get where to get to where I am. Why does my son also have to do those things? I was just yeah. like, why? This is not fair now. Like, he needs to be able to... Like, what really annoyed me is, like, the other day he came home from school and he was like, oh, I have to pretend I don't like the girls because the boys don't like the girls. And I was like, but it's 2021! <laughs> like, this should not be happening. I'm yeah. so proud of this. So, I then I explained to him what toxic masculinity was, and then I was like, This is you know, like, you need to understand. and He's and he like, Mummy, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> <He stopped talking laughs> what masculine. are you saying? Yeah, um, <laughs> so that's what being a mother has done. Being yeah. a, sing, a single mother or single parent, which I, I mean, I'm a single parent, I co parent with his dad, he <laughs> has him on weekends. But we have the way our jobs work means that I have to do a lot of the annoying, boring stuff about parenting, like the getting him up and taking <laughs> there's five things you have to do as a parent. Get them up, get them dressed, feed them, wash yeah. them, and put them to bed. And you spend your entire life doing those five things.
1: And, and then over again.
2: Yeah. Over and over, over again. Yeah, and over, so boring. So one things I don't really enjoy, and I would much rather be the weekend dad, but uh, my job allows me to do those things, and his job doesn't allow him to do those things. I like, see. I work from home, and I can fit my job around my life in a way, and he has to be in the office. Right. And, but so sort of, and there was a period when I was almost literally on my own because he was abroad, his dad. So mm-hmm. that kind of taught me, like, to just be more confident in your own choices and your own decisions and realize that every everything that has happened to you is a choice and um, and some people's choices are more limited than others but you do have choices and you've made them and you need to you almost need to own them mm. um to allow you to move forward because there's no point you haven't got time as a single parent to waste having mom guilt like i've decided to put my son into school that he's in I need to just own it and move on and like make the best of it I've decided that I'm gonna you know take a pay cut to do this this new job because it allows me to spend that time with my son so we aren't going to go on these holidays we're going to go camping or whatever yeah and I decided I you know I want to feed him a certain type of diet because that's the diet that suits me and if you waste all your time thinking like you know there are other parents that are like wow I don't give my kids sugar after a certain time at night. And I'm like, I do what I need to do to get through
1: the day. <laughs> yeah.
2: If you That's spend really all yeah. your time like guilt, feeling guilty about yeah. that, you're wasting time that you could be being
0: present with your, sh- with your child or enjoying so yourself when you're so not So true. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned guilt because I think as women, it's that there's so much type of guilt. It's like, for example, when you don't have children, it's like the guilt of not having children when you have yeah. children. And then when you do have a child, it's like, well, when's the next child? And yeah. are you planning to work? Oh my God. Yeah as yeah. well as being a mom yeah. and then if you don't work you're not working it, it's a lot it's ahead it of a hell it's too so much it's too yeah. much so I definitely guilt is something that's something yeah. I've been talking about this week a lot it's like we, we,
2: me and my friends we were we read this article about parenting and we all had all sorts of different views on it and uh, and guilt just kept coming up and yeah. we were like, like, it's yeah. two things it's guilt and choice and I think we need to like I ended up actually this morning so I was such a millennial I journaled oh <laughs> and journal. you like a good journal yeah uh, <laughs> so I wanted to write down like get get this guilt out of my head and be like right what choices have I made about yeah, my parenting style and am I happy with them and if I am let's just stop thinking about it and literally really important to go still haven't finished
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, we yeah. love that. I think that's a really yeah. great tip for anyone who's listening as well. I think that's I might even give that a whirl. Digs a good trumpet well, that, yeah. yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. But obviously I'm very conscious of time. Um, so I guess for me, um Dan, sorry, did you have another question? No, I was
1: just I was some? just gonna close with your final question about um whether you have any tips for young girls
0: coming up. That was um, my question. <laughs> yeah. That's why we did, we did, that's exactly what I was gonna ask. Tips yeah, what are your tips
1: that you could share?
0: exactly what young girls coming up in
2: in to be we want to be lawyers or just generally general keep it general i think whatever resonates more with you
0: oh my god <laughs> oh my <laughs> Whoops. Whoops.
2: one like what like, basically be confident about your choices don't ever believe that you're an imposter if you're an imposter that's because the situation that you've been put into is rigged against you if you ever feel imposter syndrome most people have wow. so be confident about your choices like and and oh god there's so much I, I really mean, like that
1: one though that one about I imposter do love syndrome. that one. that was a real joke yeah there. was it that, you know, what a good that, way to reframe being an yeah imposter. I, I felt
2: imposter syndrome a lot um because I've always been there. and I've never, like I said, i never really realised I was the only Black woman in the room. Mm-hmm. I've always, because I was always the only woman in the room, so it was yeah. like, That's do I need funny. to add race? To it? But then, then when you're the only woman in the, the only Black woman in a room where there might be a few white women as well, there's this, there's an added dimension. Mm-hmm. And then, like I feel like just being myself, quite a lot of my life, and I think a lot of Black girls should will probably in that when they're in the, in the minority in this country which they will be in this country will probably feel this a lot that like being yourself almost feels like a radical act so Mm. I was I was six months pregnant when I was in a in court um like in this like 10-week trial and I was literally waddling into the courtroom full of white men and also ironically the client was an African nation so like the client were black and a lot of the, the client um contacts and witnesses were women as well but the the legal team was basically it was all white on our side on the other side it was white and it was like one um uh Chinese partner uh very heavily male and I was literally waddling in with like bundles of documents pregnant with my hair curly because it's like just out like here and that in itself is a radical act and I just owned it you know just being yourself what I could have done if I wanted to was straighten my hair and you know wear a black suit like everybody else did and try to fit in but i would still be black like what yeah. is the point? you know i'm just being myself and then you know there's other things that i just felt like in my early the early part of my career i would have certainly almost tried to disguise the fact that i was different even though there's nothing i could do about it and why would i waste my time doing that so i think that would be my my tips top tips be yourself oh, yeah own it and then and then maybe think I mean as much as I think okay I'd really want women to feel like they can move into spaces that are set up against them sometimes it might not be the right thing to do for yourself and if you're feeling if you're feeling a certain way and you're not getting anywhere then have a look at the situation that you're in and either try and change it by making other people Re- acknowledge the the problem in the room which is what i usually do or you might need to move on and that in itself is not failed that's not you failing that's you making a choice to that you to advance yourself in an, in another um journey towards your ultimate
1: yeah.
0: goal absolutely so amazing honestly karina this has been brilliant i hope everyone has got a lot from uh this 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 conversation we've had today and obviously keep the conversation going um by all means reach out to us uh karina do you want to plug anything is there any way people can get in touch with you nothing no. to plug <laughs> i've got nothing to plug i'm taking a break just Contact here for, me.
2: Yeah, please, please don't hold on me. Follow on okay. Okay. Instagram. Subscribe. Yeah. I literally yeah. yeah. like take a break. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Donate to my holiday fund at GoFundMe.forward Forward slash Barbados, people
0: People, joking. <laughs> Do not send this girl any money <laughs> if you're going to fund anyone. Fund us, fund us to get me. But um, end of the day. But thank you so much for coming in. Um, right. Remember, we are at the loft Chronicles. Follow us on Instagram. Like um subscribe rate our podcast on apple and of course we'll see you next week take care everyone bye